What's shaking, YouTube nights? Welcome to Lords of the Longbox presents the cover price shakers of the week for May nineteenth, two thousand twenty-two. We're coming to an end of almost an end of June. The kids, or excuse me, May. Yeah. The kids are going to be out of school pretty soon. Halfway through the year, bro. Jesus, oh, it's crazy how time goes. It's crazy. By, but, but you know, tomorrow's Friday. I know some many people have been asked for house music. I had a house track here, but it, it's tomorrow's freestyle Friday, man. So you know how we got a rocket ran. So let's uh, do it. Is a man, man, well, is a man, man, well, is a man, 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 well, is a man, man, well, is a man, man, well, is a man, 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 well. America's landscapes when this man makes lyrics like the syrups that you pour upon your pancakes. My mandate is to grip minds like a handshake. Spit Orlando Lakes and go skinny dip with the fan base. Over any damn breakbeat, I hastily make pastries tastier than anything that Wolfgang makes. So take notes out of suckers, I make coats, lump of some like Bubba Gump fishing on lake boats. I take jokes and turn the comedy into drama. I'm bagging on your mama. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer behind you. I'm a rhyme writer. Lock, stock, smoking the ganja. Rebuttals, befuddle, leaving a puddle of saliva, sillies. You couldn't handle Randall when I throw my grammar at you. It hit your head and you would think I threw a hammer at you. I point the camera at you like Herb Ritz. Develop it, then use the pictures to pick up bird shits. Your nervous is the impervious wordsmiths. Hanging out in Rafa's new crib come with the verses. You know, it's a Freestyle Friday when we got Freestyle Music and we got uh, my man Jimmy Woo throwing it down. Gabe Loves 90 Comics. Say what's good to the people, man. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Uh, happy Friday Eve. I'm taking some PTLs. I got like, the next like forever days off. So I'm enjoying myself tonight. Thanks for having me on, everybody. Let's learn about some fun comics on the Shakers list this week. Yeah. Back from his hiatus from uh, House Hunting in Oregon, JB. Say yes. what's good to the people. How you doing, everybody? Welcome back to another fantastic edition of the Shakers Shows. This cover price list is ridiculous. And the writers this week, fantastic work. Can't wait to share it with you. Always very wordy. Once again, this show is sponsored by our friends over at CoverPrice.com. Go there for your price guides, collections, and trends. A weekly top 10 we run every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, as well as movers and the daily shakers list you are about to see. Also, our friends at Key Collectibles, Facebook.com, Instagram.com, Forest Class Key Collectibles for all your CGC submission needs, facilitating, pressing, cleaning. They do it all. Also, our friends at KRS Comics. Uh, use discount code LOTLB to save 10% off any KRS Comics exclusives. They will be at Megacon this weekend, but uh, tomorrow, 
Friday, this baby drops at 9 Pacific, noon Eastern. Miles Morales, number 39, Mike Mayhew, exclusive variant. And if you just happen to make it to WonderCon, they are uh, releasing this very limited edition Mike May, or excuse me, Warren Liu um, blend sketchbook holofoil. There is a red cover and a uh, uh, holofoil. So uh, check them out. And it's Warren Liu, not Warren Lau, because I asked him in person actually when I met him, because uh, he's from like New Zealand or somewhere weird. Uh, so that's, anyway. a, that's a sketchbook, like a uh, yeah. Warren Warren Liu sketchbook. I love yeah. sketchbooks. Liu. I love an artist yeah. puts those things up at conventions. And this yeah. has a foil cover. <laughs> Come on, oh, dude. I need wow. like eight of these. Yeah. So it's awesome. MegaCon is going to be huge. I saw the list of creators that are going to be there. And it's like, yeah, if you opportunity to get signatures and submissions that, you know, WonderCon looks like the place to be. So hit up our friends at Kairos Comics at booth 2025 at MegaCon this weekend. But uh, before that, let's get to our cover price shakers of the week. This list comes from our friends at Coverwise, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily shakers. Uh-huh. This list changes several times every day, so make sure you check it out and read some of the hottest trending books on the market after these selected 10 that we have here in alphabetical order. We'll see what's shaking today. We didn't do it last week because I was not feeling well, um, or did it? I forgot. Anyway, uh, let's get right to it. What do we got for the first one? All right. First up, we've got... Amazing Spider-Man issue number 800, the Gabriel Del Otto version one in 200 variant originally published in 2018 from Marvel Comics and the Amazing Spider-Man issue number 800 marked the end of a great run from Dan Slott going out with the go down swinging arc a bit small, but packed with so much symbiote goblin goodness. With the introduction of Red Goblin in issue 798, the first appearance of Goblin Child debuting in this issue, along with a Queen Goblin not far down the road, Marvel has definitely put an emphasis on the Goblin Symbiote tribe. Also, being a send-off book, Marvel went all out with over 60 variants for this issue with absolutely incredible art. Of those... Gabriel Del Otto had three variants of his own displaying his incredible version of the wall crawler with narrowed eyes and an aura of webs. This one in 200 virgin cover, which recently sold for $553 in a CGC 9.8 certainly benefits from its added scarcity, but that's not the only determining factor considering that the one in 500 Alex Ross variant sells for only one fifth of the price. So collectors have decided it's worth the price because it's just so darn good. Now, being the same as the 1 in 25 variant, but benefiting from the lack of clutter on the cover, letting that Dell Auto work really shine. Man, this cover's fire. Yeah, do you remember in 2018 when uh, I would say that was when people really were specking crazy on who the fuck the red goblin was do you remember that there was i mean there's there so many different issues is the thing too like yeah what, what and then they, the they kind of pulled the they kind of pulled the rug underneath us you know and uh, end up being uh what was it norman osborne was a red goblin or some shit like that i'm trying to remember man because yeah, norman osborne with the uh uh carnage symbiote right yeah so uh i uh i don't have this one but i i will admit i fell into the hype of the red goblin and i was uh, buying them up and i still think i have a couple left i i I knew it was gonna something was gonna happen so i ended up selling most of them but i still have some for just for you know the pc you know what i'm saying so amazing spider-man number 800 gabriel delato virgin one and 200 variants so pretty much one per store right i mean who's gonna order that back then anyway uh one of my favorite cover artists is up next Oh, yeah. I love this cover. So we're going to be talking about Astonishing X-Men issue number one. This is the gorgeous Mark Brooks variant cover. Excuse me. uh, Virgin exclusive from my friends over at Comic Sketch Art. This issue relaunched Astonishing X-Men featuring a brand new team consisting of Psylocke, Old Man Logan, Bishop, Archangel, Phantom X, Rogue, and gambit the series was written by charles soul with art by the amazing jim chung uh the relaunch number one included over 25 covers however the best variants can rise to the top of the pile mark brooks's psylocke cover is one of those covers this variant came in both trade dressing and virgin covers were sold directly by mark brooks at san diego comic-con 2017 both of which have been recently selling very well in the aftermarket. 
This Virgin cover hit a new high this week of $425 for a graded 9.8. A raw copy of this book sells for about $125. The trade dress variant in a raw copy sells for fair market value of $115. Nine eighths are going for about $250. Mark Brooks is definitely one of the industry's best and has been seen been seeing many of his variants increasing like crazy over the past couple of years. Can you imagine that? A Mark Books cover and Jim Chung internal art. Um, Jim Chung, yeah. by mm-hmm. far, is one of the best internal artists as well. Because, you know, a lot, a lot of these guys that do covers, they don't do internal art. They get they no. they make a living off just doing the covers. Um, and, you know, but Jim Chung, I mean, like from Young Avengers to the, what was that, Children's Crusade, everything I love. Oh, Jim yeah. Chung. He, what, he was at WonderCon, right, Gabe, was he? He was at WonderCon, yeah. I bet him he signed my, my Young Avengers one for me and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. I have mine signed by his, but unfortunately, I didn't uh, get around to getting him to sign anything. So, uh, Astonishing X-Men number one, the Mark Books, Comic Sketch Art Virgin exclusive. Uh, if you don't know, Comic Sketch Art is a company that has a stable of uh, writers and artists underneath their banner that are exclusive to them, I believe. Uh, yep. Who else is under? I think Scott Tom. Snyder, Greg Capullo. Yeah. Um, I forget, because those are the people that, when I was working at Torpedo, that's who we went through to book all of our uh, uh, creator signings at the store. So yeah. it was all so their went- people. They represent Frank Miller, or at least they did at the time. So, yeah, yeah they really got they really got some great stuff there. Yeah, and they're exclusive to them too. So I, because oh, yeah. I remember WonderCon before the pandemic, so it must have been 2019, and the comic sketch booth was huge. Like they had a line of people si- lined up for like uh, signings, and they didn't know even they you know, did their own CGC thing. So uh, yeah, but this is one of the most gorgeous covers ever. I think I have this. I, I want to look because I remember seeing this and buying it off of Mark Brooks' website, which ended up being comic, comic sketch arts website but sonic x-men number one the mark brooks comic sketch art virgin exclusive good lord that's a mouthful for us. <laughs> 2017 all right here's a weird here's a weird one you may most people may have this yeah you actually may have this hulk issue 162 originally published in 1973 from marvel comics and the windigo is most famous for being the villain on the cover of the first cameo and first full appearance of Wolverine. But maybe these key books are coming into their own after the massive sale of a 9.8 for $6,000 on 5-15-22. Now, the monster created by Steve Englehart and Herb Trimble is not actually one person, but rather a curse that can strike a person who commits cannibalism and is based <laughs> on the legend of the Algonquian peoples of Northern Canada. Seeing him fight the Hulk and or Wolverine on the big screen would be a treat, especially since we know it's only a matter of time until the X-Men make their MCU debut. That is a crazy ass origin about cannibalism that uh <laughs> Wendigo, right? And is that supposed to fu- prevent me from being a cannibal or entice <laughs> me to be a cannibal? I, I think I don't if you know. eat people, you become a cannibal. But I love on the cover how they uh he's not wearing like uh shorts, but it kind of blurted out to show you. He's know, gonna he's him out there. Yeah, he's, he's, got that, he's got that he's got that brunette bush. I wonder if he's Wendigo and all over the place. Hey oh. now, watch it. All right. <laughs> so Incredible Hulk number one sixty two from nineteen seventy three, a whopping Eight six grand for a nine point eight. Wow! I think somebody thinks uh, there's gonna be a Hulk versus Wendigo in the movies, which you know Marvel's not uh, is known to you know art imitates uh, film or something like that, real life, whatever. The like word if we're gonna get is. Frogman, then we could definitely end up getting uh, the Wendigo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next up is a uh, artist that's a friend of the channel of our sponsor and does absolutely gorgeous work. Look at this bad boy. We're talking about Legend of Oz, the Wicked West number one, Natalie Sanders cover uh, coming out through Big Dog Inc. in 2012. In past articles, uh, we have featured rare Jeff DeCall early covers as well as uh, Natalie Sanders covers. Both are artists with early work surging in the aftermarket value right now. Natalie Natalie has several very valuable and sought after Ursa Minor covers. Well, here's another super pricey Sanders covers for you super fans out there. This issue of Legend of Oz, The Wicked West, reportedly features a cover 
that Natalie created by using herself as the model. This okay. week's new high sell of 700 bucks. Yeah, I'm going to get to go visit her at a con. Uh, <laughs> this week's new high sell of $700 for a CGC 9.8 is one of only two sales that we've ever seen within the last four years. Keep an eye out in the wild for this one. It's out there. Somewhere. Uh, and it does slightly resemble her because she works directly with um, Karis Comics. And she's been at their booth before. And she does those great, like, Harley Quinn, those magazine, like, the uh, the magazine covers that she did for, like, uh, Harley Quinn and some other characters. Well, basically, it's like a fashion magazine cover. cover. Yeah, that, cover, yeah. And I met her before. Uh, talked to her. Really sweet gal. Super tiny. She's like a little tiny, little five feet tall. But uh, um, she hasn't been, been making any like, a, a, you know, a signings. So hopefully, you know, once uh, everything goes, you know, the uh, go, pandemic goes down. She'll start, yeah. I'll up? never see her the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean for her eyes she does have the same eyes the eyeshadow every or the eyeliner and everything so but yeah this is uh when i was collecting natalie sanders stuff i was trying to find like what was her first work right and i i'm this may be it although i had found some other stuff she did because i remember asking her and then she told me and i forgot i was stupid <laughs> me, but you know I'm in my 50s <laughs> i forget something somebody told me yesterday so yeah. legend of oz the wicked west issue number one by natalie sanders from 2012 and 9.8 selling for $700. Wow. Yep. Yeah, we're going to them Daisy Deuce. All right. Here we go from uh, 2012 to something a little bit older. Little bit older. I like the story behind this one. You ready? Marvel Tales issue number one, originally published in 1964. And are you a diehard Marvel Comics fan? Do you want some of the holiest of Marvel Grails but don't have the 42 grand to buy them at about a 0.5 grade at today's fair market values? Well, step right up and let me introduce you to Marvel's 1964 extravaganza known as Marvel Tales issue number one. Now within the hollow pages of this aggregated annual, you'll find the remarkable reprints of the first appearances of many of Marvel's most magnificent members, including the amazing Spider-Man, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos, Ant-Man and more. This issue has cover art by Steve Ditko of Spider-Man and Jack Kirby of everybody else. And that's not all. You also get two pages of photos from Marvel staff at the time, including Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Chick Stone, Don Heck, and Vince Coletta. Now, don't tell Spidey fanatics, though, because a photo of Steve Ditko from the lineup is conspicuously missing. Now, he left Marvel's bullpen just two years later. Now, there are less than 400 graded copies of this book on the CGC census, and given the contents of this comic, they are often so well-read that higher-grade copies above a 6.5 are relatively scarce. As many of you know, when first appearances get out of reach for the masses, they move to the second appearance or other major storyline keys. However, another option, especially for Silver Age comics, are the first reprints of these characters. And that appears to be what one lucky soul did when they purchased this raw copy this week for 450 bucks, the second highest raw sale recorded by cover price since at least 2017. That is awesome. What's cool is that Ditko only drew one of the characters and Kirby drew the rest of them. Um, and in 1964, you paid 25 cents for 72 pages. That's, That's incredible. incredible. That's a lot of money because books are still 12 cents back then, I think. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, you think about it. Yeah. So remember, if you ever get invented a time machine to go back to buy comics, make sure you get currency that was of that time or else you'll get arrested for like, uh, they'll say, hey, this isn't real <laughs> yeah, money. It says, it says 2000 money. on it. Yeah. So it's sparkling. I've, what are you doing? I've, <laughs> I thought of it all about time travel. All right. I just got to figure out the whole part about getting the time machine, though. So, Marvel Tales Annual, number one from 1964, Raw Dog for 450 fifty dollars i love the colors on the marvel um the logos too uh the marvel the marvel side versus marvel tales which is bright full of colors but uh there we go all right uh, i have this feeling this book popped on here because of a recent trailer but um who knows maybe they just bought it on a whim you never know why not we're talking about predator number one this is the chris warner special edition limited to only one thousand copies uh this came out from dark horse 2009 what makes this 
issue, a really special edition, is that Chris Warner re-images his original cover art and pays homage to the very first Predator comic series called Predator Concrete Jungle. Limited to only 1,000 prints, it's no wonder that there are there have only been a few recorded sales. It's also why a 9.8 sale of $500 marked the first sale of that grade, and with it, a new high. To further explain this issue's rarity, there are only five other recorded sales, three that were 9.4s for either 175 or 200 bucks, and two raw sales for $80, and then the other one was $128. So hopefully that helps give a sense of how often this book pops up for sale. So um, was it a CinemaCon or something? They showed a trailer for the new Predator movie, uh, and basically it takes place in uh, what I think is somewhere in North America in like the 1700s because Predator is going after like Native American warriors. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, pre- yeah. So, but it looks like he's going after maybe Mayans or you know Native Americans because he's shooting bow and arrows at him, which is, it doesn't seem fair for a predator to go after a dude with a bow and arrow, right? But uh, yeah, is, he's not fair to fight anybody. He's got lasers well, yeah. and bombs, anyways. Yeah, I've well, maybe I've, this I, version doesn't. I don't know. A lot while ago, I was like watching the Predator movies, like the first two Predators movies, pretty darn good. But then there were some weird ones, right? Where it was called Predators, or it was multiple of them. There was one where the uh, there was uh, the guy with the big nose, Adrian Brody was it was his name? Adrian, yeah, Adrian uh, Brody, yeah, Adrian Brody was in it, and where they just got like these random group of people to hunt him down, and so it was like. Well, you know, it's you know, if you, you watch it anyway, it was like, you know, it's interesting, it's cool, but the whole mythos of you know, predator and you know, how they come into this planet. Then there was that really weird predator versus alien movie. Uh, oh, which, both of those uh, are really rough, <laughs> yeah, it is rough, but hey, man, it's like pizza, even when it's bad, it's good, right? So, uh, but, but it was pretty bad, but if you know, sometimes you're just channel surfing, like you want something in your background while you're bagging and boarding or something like that, and you just have it on, you just like, you know what, I'm just gonna leave it on and see what happens. So, there you go. So, predator number one, the Chris Warner limited only a thousand from Dark Horse back in 2009, 9.8. So for 500 bonards. Wow. All right. We go from uh, that to, uh, oh my God, I can't believe it. We got Trekkies in our midst. Uh oh. Yeah. There's some Star Trek fans out there. Next up, we've got Star Trek Discovery Aftermath, issue number one. The George Cus. I'm going to, I don't even want to say this guy's name wrong. It's a one in 25 variant. Calsudas. 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 George Calsudas, one in 25 variant, originally published in 2019 from IDW. Now, with the poorly received Inhuman series, Anson Mount had a rough 2017, to be honest. However, with high fanfare around Star Trek Strange New Worlds as Captain Christopher Pike and his appearance as Black Bolt in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Anson's he's having a great 2020, 2022, sorry. This renewed fanfare around the actor brought some attention to his first comic appearance as Captain Christopher Pike on this very rare and hard to find one in 25 variant for Star Trek Discovery Aftermath. Seriously, try to find this. This week's new high sale of $425 for a CGC 9.6 makes this a book we should be seeking out. In fact, all of the variants for this series feature an Anson variant. However, this is the only non-photo cover, which tends to be more desirable. Happy hunting. Yo, that vocal on the left, is that a female vocal with a beard? Because it looks very, uh, I don't, I don't, I I tried to watch Picard a little bit. uh, You know, it was somewhat enjoyable, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry. So um, you have to call them trickers. They're Trekkies is derogatory. Oh, sorry. Uh, If if you ever, if I I, I never knew that until I seen uh, fanboys, if there's a famous scene where uh, the Star Wars guy goes up against, you know, they go to the birthplace of, uh, James T. Kirk, right? And then he goes, <laughs> bunch of Trekkies here. He goes, we like to be called Trekkers because Trekkies is derogatory. And then there's a comic book shop where they sell like a, with the Star Trek, whatever their little gun is. What is it called? A phaser, phaser? or whatever. Phaser. Yeah. 
And he goes, and he goes in there. He goes, "How much is this?" He goes, oh, "We just put it there to weed out the trekkers. Get out of my store!" Right? <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> I love fanboys, man. I watch, I watch that at least once a year. So, uh, Star Trek Discovery Aftermath, issue number one. Trekkers making their making themselves known. One in twenty five, four twenty five for nine point six. We've had the Star Trek number one from Gold Key on here. The one with I think uh, Tech Captain Kirk on the cover. I think uh, it was the first ever. Uh, I think it was on our shakers list before. So interesting that, um, you know, trekkers, trekkers are uniting. You got to have, hey, you got to hang on to something. Hey, at least they got Paramount Plus and doing all their shows. All right. What do we got up next? Speaking about hanging on to something, we got uh, Street Fighter versus Darkstalkers number one. Uh, this is the Art Germ 1 in 20 variant from Udon Comics back in 2017. Uh, there's a uh, Street Fighter swimsuit issue, a new Darkstalkers number one. And a Darkstalkers uh, Morgan series, all releasing in the next couple of months. These two beloved franchises are immensely nostalgic for any 90s gamer of the past and highly missed. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom games. It's no wonder that all the variants out there for these franchises are seeing price bumps across the board. Many are very tough to find, and we'll be featuring some of them as they pop up. However, when you combine the two franchises and make the incentive ratio an art germ cover, well, this should have been a no-brainer for collectors back in 2017. This week, a Raw hit a new high sell of $400, which creeps close to the all-time high sell of $500, but that was a 9.8. If you've had your eye on any Udon, Street Fighter, or Dark Soccer variants, Now's the time to go grab those. Uh, speak of the devil, swimsuit issue. This Whoa. dropped on Karis Comics on Tuesday. This is the Street Fighter swimsuit issue, uh, the Ivan Tao a variant that features Cami and Chung Lee on the cover. So uh, it's been a while since we had. Look at the panda. Yeah. 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 And a panda. It's, it's been a while since we've had like actual uh, swimsuit issues. Do you remember in the 90s, it was all the rage, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, everything from Image to X Men were doing it. So it was, you know, it's a different time, a different era, a different generation. But uh, yeah, if you want to peep this out, go hit up KRISComics.com. Go look for this. Uh, I think they still got some available. Use the LOTLB discount. Save yourself 10% and get the swimsuit suit issue all right so we go from uh street fighter versus dark stalker dark stalkers <clears throat> love that video what? game night franchise it's great to peach momoko right here we go teenage mutant ninja turtles issue number 100 the peach momoko ultimate comics variant originally published in 2019 now one of peach momoko's breakout books recently set a New all-time high, a graded 9.8 of Momoko's Ultimate Comics Store-exclusive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles issue number 100, sold for $1,495 on $517. This is nearly a $500 jump from its last sale in 2021 when it sold for about 1000 bucks. Now, over a dozen variants were released for this issue, and this is one of the harder to get variants. There are currently 110 9.8s on the CGC census, 42 of which are signature series. Now, whether it's the exclusivity of the variant or the sought after artist, this book has definitely made its mark on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles legacy. In fact, with this last sale, this book has now become one of the most valuable. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles books of all time. Cowabunga. Yeah. Uh, Peace from Moco is hit or miss for me. Lord, uh, you know, <laughs> dare I say I don't like her because last time I said it, apparently I hated women in general, which is far from the truth. But uh, I actually dig this cover. It's got like a, a like an old school like it looks a like purse. a calendar. Uh, what's parchment? Like a, like right? a wall scroll. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, those wall scroll parchments. So uh, I had a bunch is... of DBZ ones when I was younger. Yeah, this one definitely looks pretty dope for uh, Peach Moko. Um, you know, that one and the Strange Academy with Magic is probably the only ones I, I really dig. But, you know, that there's a, there's a style for that. There's Aiza Mayoka, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, Rose Besh does this kind of style, if you know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Kind of uh, Asian-inspired style, if you could say so. Uh, like, I'm really digging Water Rose Watercolor. 
Yeah, I got watercolory. That's yeah, it. The, uh, Trial of the Amazons number one. The uh, I posted it on my Instagram is a uh, is a uh, rose besh cover, and that one's fantastic. All I need now is that silk number two, where it's kind of like a sneaker variant, where uh, silk is kicking with the with the sneakers. Uh, so, mm-hmm. anybody out there has one and want to gift it to me, hit me up. Gifted. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 100, the Peach Momoko, limited to only 250. There's still a lot of Peach Momoko fans out there. 9.8 for $1,494. Last one on the list before we see what's shaking today, boys and girls. And, oh, this is a gorgeous one. I wish we can get a better picture of it. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, uh, rest in peace, Michael Turner. This is X-Men issue number 500, the Michael Turner sketch variant cover. Uh, pencil work makes all the difference. This rare Michael Turner sketch variant recently sold for $450 on May 14th. This new high value was for a raw copy. The last graded book was a 9.8 that sold for $482 back in July 2021. The average sell price for this book in a 9.8 is around $600. The last record raw sale of this book was $400 back in June of 2019. Love it or hate it, many companies use the pencils from other covers as variants instead of commissioning new art. This issue came out in 2008 during the Manifest Destiny era of X-Men comics and was written by Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker. This issue had 10 variant covers, but the sketch variant is by far the most difficult one to find. Yeah, I mean, I was even trying to find like good pictures of it. It doesn't really do it justice, you know, to do it. But just look at the details on mm-hmm. Michael Turner's pencils before you know a colorist came in. Uh, uh, what was that Miki Tan? Was that the is the one that did a lot of his inks for him on Witchblade? I'm trying to think. Was it uh, Danny, Danny Miki? Danny I'm Mickey. sorry, Danny, da- Danny Miki. Yeah. Uh, they were phenomenal. I mean, Micah Turner's Witchblade run uh, uh, is still one of my favorites that I'm oh, yeah. still trying to complete. I mean, it's just absolutely really got me back into like really hunting down comics like uh, Witchblade number or excuse me. So let's finish this X-Men number 500 to Michael Turner's sketch variant cover. Uh, when Witchblade number one came out, I was hunting that for, you know, Sideblade versus She, which was her kind of true first appearance. But uh, the Witchblade in like the first 10 issues, the covers are just fantastic. And mm-hmm. then you look at the internal art, and you're like, wow, that's absolutely amazing. But, you know, the legacy of Michael Turner lives on. X-Men 500, the Michael Turner sketch variant cover, $450 for a raw Oof. dog. But don't go anywhere, boys and girls. Don't go anywhere yet. see what no. is shaking today as I it, seamlessly... It, it looks like the crowd had a, had a rough night. A lot of overs tonight, but... Shout out to Planet Arizona Comics who popped the two for ten. It looks like Chuck Lachance also had one on the list. Uh, right. T. Ravis had one on the list, and Liger Style had two on the list. You guys are killing uh, it. JB, uh, highlight the comments while I go through this because normally when I go through this, oh, I can't yeah, highlight okay. any of the any this, of the cool uh, comments. Leave the yeah, Liger Style goes two kidding. for ten. Joey the stunt maker was two for ten. John was three for 10 rush got one on the list i was shut out chuck like said had the one on the list good stuff good stuff yeah well we try to make it easy for you guys all right so let's see what's shaking today boys and girls today uh, obviously the top 10 we cover tuesdays at 6 p.m pacific these are the most units sold look captain carter's still going strong so same with grim uh i'm gonna shadow warzone um the illuminati and thor continue so well but we're here to see what's shaking today boys and girls I can only see I only have one of these. Darn. Oh, two of them. Yeah, that's right. I have a Kang. That's I forgot Ooh. about that. Yeah, I think mine's a yeah. Ooh, a nine point four sold for ten grand. Ooh. Holy cow. Let me see. What is mine? Mine is pretty Man. high grade. Uh, do you but... do you gentlemen think that is the high point for that book, or do you think there's still room to grow? Oh, oh we haven't seen Kang in like in Kang form yet, so I think there's Kang, still a lot yeah. happening. Yeah, you know, no, no spoilers for um, well, I'll spoil it. Loki pretty much sets up into the Merciverse of Madness because when they break the timelines or you know all the time whatever, that's when which allows the multiverse to take place. To be honest with you, they even say it in also Secret Wars. They talk about incursions. Uh, look at this fun comic, Comic Cavalcade from 1942, featuring look at that. Alan Scott is that Alan Scott and version of <laughs> racing for some odd reason and Wonder Woman beats them. How did how did Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman beat the Flash in a race? But anyway, it's uh, hard to. <laughs> 
Uh, six point five sold for five thousand four hundred thirty-five dollars. Wow, that's that's an awesome comic. This is uh, issue number one. Uh, believe it or not, all those comic mm-hmm. cavalcade covers are like really better goofy on this right part. Yeah, like, I mean, if you look at the next one, it's them on like tricycles on a tightrope. Top row, Rush is killing it. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, this final uh, that's classic Ditko cover here, but you know us, we like to look at weird things. Yeah, so weird, let's look at unknown, unknown worlds. worlds issue number fifty-four. Look at these gangsters shooting at a ghost. Yeah, and for twelve cents, you get thrills of plenty. It looks like a, a a copper from like the UK or something. You know how they have those hats, you know, and the, you know the batons that they didn't carry guns or anything. I expected cops, but not the g- g- ghost of a cop. Uh, this is dope. Thrills and mysteries. So this is from 1967. So uh, pretty cool, man. Uh, 22.54 raw dog, man. I, wow. I've never seen that before. But Super Surfer continues to grow on a daily. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, always something hot. Uh, this book I twelve hundred for nine point eight. That's or eighteen hundred. Wow, for the yeah, turtles. This book is kind of spied, uh, sputtered a bit, but the first dark side cameo, sixteen hundred. This is the one where he's just in a computer monitor. It's like the most ridiculous yeah. cameo. Yeah. Uh, what is his first appearance then? Forever Men number one. Forever, that... forever people. Forever number people. One forever like people. Yeah. Full. Forever people. Yeah. Sixteen grand and nine point eight sold in uh, back in uh, two thousand twenty. I love this cover of the... Superman being carried away by a bunch of bikers. <laughs> Look at them, <laughs> and then it was like a pirate too behind him. I don't know what that is, man. Pirate bikers? Can we say that? Okay. Oh, um, she holds. What in did peace. she do? Rest in peace, our friend, our uh, Wonder Twins, whose pro- whose live action project got the kibosh put on it. So hopefully, not many people are specking on it. Three this months first of production, pre- and they canceled it. Yeah, uh. first period, so the, nobody asked for a Wonder Twins movie or show yet. They decided to give us one, and thank God they put the kibosh on it. For, but I feel bad for those who may have been specking on it. Uh, Ten thousand dollars, or excuse me, a thousand fifty for a graded nine six on May. 18th wow Ugh. i guess they that's a little because the the cancellation of this they came still out. believe they uh, still poor believe one, poor one out for that homie <laughs> it's yeah. like someone else will pick it up i am the form of a water bucket <laughs> 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 what do twin powers activate oh man and what, so, uh, is she uh, obviously that first name or 0.5 at 1250 bucks Oof. sure i'm just saying just i I'm love 0. that 0.5 that return of Namor in the first Silver Age appearance. Look at this cover. I'm, I'm gonna steal your girl. <laughs> why didn't yeah, Reed Richards just wanted. stretch out to grab her? Like, why, you know, why he has stretching powers? Just reach out and grab him anyway. Like, Stop yeah. him. If the Submariner reaches the water, he'll become invincible. Well, he's got one foot in already, he's and in. he can fly off too. I, people forget he had wings on his feet. Uh, <laughs> first Silver Age appearance of the Submariner. There was rumors of Submariner being in the Illuminati. Uh, there's persistent rumors of Submariner being in the War for Wakanda, the Black Panther sequel. So, uh, yeah, this is 12. 12- Point five for silver twelve fifty. Namor was the what... first superhero to fly before Superman yeah. even. Exactly, my Superman just leaped high, high yep. buildings in a single bound. Yeah, <laughs> highest known value nine point six eighty one grand. Oof. Ooh man. Ooh. Of well, course, when, when was that? Did it, did it have a date on that sale? Uh, eighty one grand. Yeah, yeah. The eighty one grand. Well, yeah, it was uh, November two thousand nineteen. Okay, that's yeah. yeah. We'll see Ooh. that one creep back up in a couple of years. Watch. Yeah. Before Lord. we get the She-Hulk, let's we love us some uh, weird fantasy from EC. Love the, the rocket ship and the and the planet in the background. More that's the teams stuff. covers of uh, EC Comics. EC Comics uh, number 17, 1950, pre-code stuff. Uh, but there's a niche for um, you know for space stuff. You have to remember. I'm not old enough to remember, but the whole space race and everything, and the kids all wanted to be like, you know, you had Buck Rogers and all these things about, you know, and all rocket ships had like the same shape, you know, if you think about it now. Uh, obviously, we had a She-Hulk trailer drop uh, this week. Uh, She-Hulk, number one, the first appearance of She-Hulk, a $9.84,000. Can, can, can I hit you in with a question? And, and sure. of course, Gabe, was that bad CGI? On what? On that. On on that trailer, I mean, I don't think she looked all that good. Probably, I probably they're probably not finished yet, you know. Um, but you know, I'm it's gonna be, you know, you know, they're trying to make it look feminine to the point, like you know, like like Incredible Hulk, uh, the Hulk and they have in MCU now is totally CGI, right? Uh, but you could tell, you know, you know, uh, what's his name's Mark Ruffalo's face on it a little bit. So, you know, they. I, 
from the articles I've read, they work on special effects up to like the day the show is released. I mean, that's how, you know, you know, sometimes that's why you see it so long for special effects or excuse me, trailers to drop because they're still working on the special effects. But post post production on movies is up to like literally sometimes the last week before it gets released into films. That's why sometimes they have the, you know, um, uh, media members see like a, a, a early trailer, but it's like, a, you know, the, the CGI isn't there. Um, I saw, uh, I don't know if you ever sign up for these things where it's free screenings. And I saw a free screening of something, a movie called Australia selling Hugh, Hugh Jackman. And they told us, you know, the special effects aren't quite finished yet. Well, it's to the point where people started laughing because, you know, you had, they had these weird, like, black. <laughs> things drawn green in screen where, guys yeah, walking around really green weird. screen yeah. little things yeah. running around yeah. Yeah. they probably shouldn't have shown that part but i was like oh it's an okay movie but then i was like the people are literally laughing out loud because of the you know, the missing special effects where it's just like a, a a horse like walking around but with no color just the shape of it you know they hadn't you know done it all in but uh uh that's uh beware so i would say you know hope you know i would say they're still working on the special effects cowgirl romances from 1952, 9.0, send back my love. Her best friend betrayed her trust. Ah, romance comics. What are you going to do? Cowgirl romance comics at that. Um, don't mess with her. She's got a gun, though. You know what I'm saying? Second like episode of Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love this magazine right here. This uh, Marvel preview. Oh, that Punisher thing is fantastic. Oh, Look at them just blasting fools through the window. Look at that. That is so dope. Uh, yeah. Origin of the Punisher. $1,000 from 9.6. Oof. Uh, if you haven't read the news today from Variety, is that Daredevil is coming to the mm-hmm. MCU? He's going to have his Disney own Plus. Disney Plus show. Yep, Punisher's yep. um, not we, too far behind. Yep, we reported about that not too long ago on uh, Lords of Longbox as uh, Mikey Spawn long-term spec list. So it looks like they're going to start off with Daredevil. We should have seen it coming, right? He was in Spider-Man: No Way Home. Yeah, um, click on that Spawn Nine. That's the uh, new stand edition. I know you guys are talking about the regular edition on the top ten list. But this is the new stand, and those yeah, are nine point eight for nine hundred and ten dollars. Four yeah, times the amount. Is it four times the amount? More than it, that. You, you have this yeah. Tim, or did you put it under the wrong category? I I have um no I may it, have one because I have I have nine of them. It breaks it out by category, so if it says he owns yeah. one, it means he okay. owns a, a new stand. Yeah, because I I posted on multiple. He owns eleven of the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind well, of been for the rest of us, man. Yeah, I've kind of been specking on this for a while now. So, uh, yeah, so I have a few copies. So I may look at that uh, the newsstand and may get that graded, man. Uh, but I love this cover, man. Uh, I think uh, was it was a Neil Gaiman. Just the whole idea this? behind it. Like, there's a there's a YouTube show out there uh, from Ed Piscor and Jim Rugg, two uh, indie comic book creators. Yeah, the comic called uh, K- yeah. Kayfabe. Comics K- K-Fob. K-Fob. Yeah, K-Fab, yeah. Yeah, and they do they did this whole series of episodes where they literally re- read the court transcripts from the trial and the uh <laughs> and the interviews of Todd McFarland and Neil Gaiman about the trial case of the Angela series or the Angela like uh, lawsuit. And it's it's just them literally reading just court documents, and it's the most interesting thing in the world that like, you wouldn't think court documents would be that great, but it's just it's all yeah. testimony under oath where they had to tell you exactly what happened. And they talk about like Todd McFarlane sending out random love checks to Neil Gaiman. It's great stuff all about that. So people should check yeah. that out. If you're interested. The irony and the hypocrisy of Todd McFarlane, because they started their image because they wanted full control of the characters. In come Neil Gaiman writing for Todd McFarlane and he didn't give him full rights. Well, you know. We know who won because end up, you know, Neil Gaiman got the rights and he gave him back to Marvel or sold him to Marvel, and now we have the Angela in the six one six. So uh, there you go. So it's just batters of hypocrisy for him to like. You know, I'm going to create a company so people can get control of this stuff, and, and then Todd McFarlane or Todd Liefeld to a fault was giving everybody, you know, a piece of everything to where it almost bankrupt him, right? I mean, you think about what was the page count that product that Stephen Platt got for? Uh, $40,000 uh, an issue for pencils and inks. Whoa. Yeah. 40000 to Rob Liefeld paid out to. So whatever you say of Rob Liefeld, this, that, and the other can't draw feet. But hey, man, he at least was paying artists what, you know, what they at the time deserved in the 90s and steven platt definitely deserves that because he's a badass artist but yeah, yeah his podcast he talks about he was paying inkers like 200 bucks a page 
where Marvel and DC would be doing like $30 a page or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because Image, let's be honest, it, it, the the art is what drove the comics. Because uh, I, I remember at the time, Image and Valiant were both out. Image was all about the artists and Valiant was all about the stories. Uh, and, you know, people uh-huh. didn't really care about the art. And that's what the two kind of were battling each other, you know, for the for any uh, stuff. But uh, Ghost Comics issue number nine, look at a good girl photo, right? Oh, yeah. It's always some hot chick in a red dress. Yep. And I think it's the same really... one in every comic across so, all spectrum. Like, it's the same really weird looking ne- Neanderthal man there. I, that, <laughs> that dude looks really sus. He's got two uh, ghosts behind him, though. Right? Yeah, and a lead pipe. He's about to make a third ghost. <laughs> uh, that is gnarly. For $870 and a 6.5 for Ghost Comics from Fiction House. Wow, this publishers galore. I wonder if people are finding these because I never see, like, not much anymore. Way back in the day, I did, but I never see like pre-code no. anything at yeah, conventions. This was dope. Here's a little modern. Ryan Stegman, Hulk number six. Look at that. One in five hundred. Pretty much. I've never seen this book before. First full appearance of the Titan Hulk persona. Eight hundred dollars for nine point eight. This is a damn. Dope I've never seen cover. this book before. Yeah, it's a great cover, but eight hundred bucks for like a, a new Get book. I understand one yeah. five hundred, but still, literally came out like a month ago uh, yeah. to the day, almost a month ago to the day. Four twenty. Uh, Somebody was high when they bought that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, I'm bid four twenty. Still a dope cover though, but uh, yeah, that's a lot of money. Well, it's a one in five hundred, so you know, you never yeah. know. But eight hundred dollars for nine point eight. We shall see, man. We shall see. Uh, some good old TMNT. Look at that. I love these. Look at that wraparound cover on this bad boy. Yeah, I love it when they cool. start doing the full co- the full color wraparound. Yeah, this was this is my turtles before the pizza eating cowabunga guys. They were, I mean, look at him; he's blasting him right through the head, dude. Oh, his head exploded. His that head's first exploding. Issue, that first issue of Ninja Turtles was like my first comic book, and it was because I was a big fan of Ninja Turtles, the cartoon. And, it's nothing like the cartoon. Like, oh no, the, the, the foot dark. soldiers are humans, and they're getting slashed what, up and what, cut apart. What issue did stuff. they start changing their colors? Because they're all wearing red. Well, they were black and white before this, right? So he's talking uh, about the headbands. But on the covers, when they, yeah, the when, headbands. Like, they all had red headbands. Everybody's wearing red show. headbands. Yeah, the show came out in '85, so I'm not, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Exactly. Oh no, it was '85. See, they're all red. Yeah, they're all red here. Let's see when they when they actually change. There's got to be some turtle expert in the in the chat who knows when. Hey, the that's first a, time we there's saw. the Fuji. That's the is that the Fujitoid robot <laughs> that made yeah. it on the screen? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is so wearing... cool being able to see all the covers like this, man. Cover price is cool. If you don't have yourself a subscription, you got to get in here and play around yeah, with it. You like see it. What this next one is, uh, yeah, they're still all wearing red. Yeah, they're still wearing. Was it red. maybe that? Was it that? Uh, Ninja Turtles Adventures number one? Yeah, I'm not well, sure. Guest starring. Wow, guest starring Cerebus too. That's pretty dope. Uh, too bad I sold mine because I remember the when the turtles came out, it was like, man, I could not find a bag and board for this because it was such an odd shape for a, a comic slash magazine, uh, the black and white ones, the early oh, yeah. ones. But it's still hard uh, to find those. <laughs> hey, another one on here, but let's look at this Star Publication Spook Ooh. number twenty-four. Oh, this is oh, awesome! Man. Look at this thing. Look at him crushing his neck. Yo, that oh no, no, I'm sorry, mine. I can't even see it. That's him pulling up the blanket. That's a weird cover. But look at the yeah, mummy. but look at the mummy though. That is dope. Love how the colors pop on it too. I mean, it's spook, suspense, and mystery. Issue number twenty-four, six hundred dollars for three point five. I would say that's perfectly fine. Uh, Star Wars is this the uh, newsstand? Well, they were mostly uh, newsstand mostly back newsstand then. Back there. Yeah, um, but it's the regular. It's not the thirty-five cent variant. Or anything. Yeah, that's the that's the one you want to get is the price variant. Let's see if that's on here. What are you talking about? This is the one you want to get. No, you want the thirty-five cent one. Well, <laughs> Next I, one, I want, I want one of these. So let's look at the thirty-five cent. There's the Whitman one. This is the thirty-five cent. And that's the one. Yep. This one is. Oh yeah, you are paying regional pricing. Real testing. money right there. May second, somebody bought it for eleven thousand five hundred. They must have made the fourth. They must have felt the force with them because May the fourth was a couple of days afterwards. Coming but, up. Ooh, damn. Yeah. Now, I'm the... surprised two's not on the list with, you know, that being the first appearance of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Of, of all the price variants I know, Star Wars is by far the one that I think is the most valuable. At least hey, you know what? I that really Hulk 102 is a very undervalued book. Yeah. That, that, that's an iconic book. I'm telling the you. The first that is real Hulk undervalued issue. book. Yeah, before this was it um... Astonishing Tales, I think. Astonishing Tales. Well, let's see what was before this. 
uh, Incredible Hulk number one. Yeah, so I want to show you really because it's under under Hulk. Yeah, yeah. So this one's the first ongoing solo series, right? Um, yep. Before that, yeah. before that, all they had was the uh, that what was it, the five issue original series. Yeah, but that's dope. It shows how he mutates into like the Hulk. Originally, the Hulk was gray, by the way, too, if you didn't know. Something about the coloring or printing, like, you know, for, in uh, is the Tales of Spence or whatever. The first time they made him, he came out gray because I guess they couldn't make it green, something like those songs. So, uh, you know, I got to pull this up. Shout out to Moonlit oh, Comics in the live chat. On. We did a Star Wars show, our uh, Doctor Strange show last night. So go check out Moonlit Comics. I was on there. Uh, with no good comics and newbie comics, um, um, and we talked about Doctor Strange. We showed all our favorite Doctor Strange like toys and comic covers, and this is by far, I say, my favorite Doctor Strange run because you know the Strange Tales is fine, but Frank Bruner absolutely kills it in this run. Uh, we didn't get yeah. enough Frank Bruner stuff because I think after this, I think you went into animation or, or movies. Yeah, or something, he's still but... alive. I checked it; he's still alive. But you know, I got some stuff signed by him. Um, oh yeah, I actually have two of these. I should add. I forgot what the grades are on my other one, but five hundred dollars for Raw Dog. Thirty four hundred for nine point eight, which seems to be pretty cheap to me. But all these covers are just absolutely fantastic in this Doctor Strange run. Uh, this one, oh yeah, that. Uh, issue number four. I have a Mark Jewelers insert of one. Um, yeah, this that one, four is such a cool cover. Oh. Yeah. That's like someone that should be like a back tattoo. Yeah, and <laughs> if you if you look at my, I have like almost oh, all of them. Look at this. Yeah, nice. I gotta update this. Actually, I have most of these. Uh, so I gotta update my cover price because I bought a I bought a huge collection from uh, our friend KP Henderson on uh, Instagram, and he gave me I bought a whole like a whole collection of Doctor Strange, uh, Star Wars: The Final Issue, five hundred dollars and nine point eight. Got everybody posing there. My man Lando Calrissian wearing the uh, <laughs> it looks like a print shirt maybe I don't know. <laughs> look at the guns <laughs> on that man. Fred from Scooby Doo. Uh, and what's up with the weird bunny the, rabbits at the bottom? Isn't the Seinfeld poofy shirt? You know, I'm yeah. not wearing the poofy shirt. What's up with the what's up with the rabbits at the bottom? I never noticed that to be honest with you. Uh, so uh, graded nine point eight five hundred dollars, and then uh, yeah, I had a good run. House of Secrets. I've been uh, this. I have this. I love this cover. Absolutely, just kills it. George oh God, red. Anything Brian Bolin, dude. I don't think Brian yeah. Bolin can ever draw anything not amazing. Yeah, it's not his first issue, uh, but it's a, it's the first appearance. But it's absolutely dope. I mean, the four seventy five for nine point eight. Uh, when Carl Urban played him in that movie, oh, uh, that's you know, the best, dude. Dread three yep. D. Yeah, basically uh, an American remake of the Raid Redemption. That's <laughs> basically what it is. <laughs> uh, hey, I got two of these. First appearance of Sunfire moving up uh, in the world. First appearance four forty nine for Raw comic. Everything three. first appearance X Men just just money. Oh yeah, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Ah, Eleven Rockets by the Hernandez brothers. I want to say was yep. it? Uh, yep. Yeah, Jaime. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This, this was is the uh, second print though. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. But this was at the height of indie comics in the eighties, right? Eleven Rockets. Um first print. It kinda it kinda started the indie movement, I think. Yeah. Well the tick TMNT, all these books, the kind of, you know, the whole, I mean, the 80s was a whole thing about indie music, indie everything, if you think about it, right? Um, why this one is this one looks different. What, what is this one? This ah. is the uh, hollow foil one or something, or the recolor. Ah, look at the colors popping this. So this is the 20th anniversary edition Marvel one shot. I'm sorry, I can't stand the new coloring they did on that. I rather just have the original. Oh really? Cover. I yeah. Kinda, I like. I hate. The, I hate the way they did a recoloring with like the special effects well, and like, I want to see the whole glow. thing, man. There's not an exploded ver- open where they open this up because this was a gatefold cover, right? I don't think the only the fifth editions. cover was a gatefold. Cover. Only the yeah. fifth one was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 424 though for 9.8. First appearance of X Men Blue, Cyclops, Beast, Wolverine, uh, Psylocke, and Gambit. Um, there you go. Hey, is that some Neil Adams right here, right? Batman 227. Do believe that is Neil Adams, right? Yeah, Hamlet has a Yeah, one of the earliest ones that he did. Rest in peace, Neil Adams. She-Hulk again. Which one is this? No, one? it's Newsstand. Ah, Newsstand, which is actually uh, 1980. Newsstand was about uh, probably more rare than a direct stand, to be honest with you, 1980. No, the direct would be more common than direct sale. There was more Newsstand. There, there would have been a ton of Newsstand. That's like the most. That's about to start the direct market. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Let me pull up my graphic here. Uh, Where's our graphic? Our trusty I'll graphic. I'll show you my graphic here. 
Uh, so yeah, 80 so, would have been 80% newsstand. Yeah. yeah. There was hardly any yeah. comic book shops that there are now. 1986 is really, or really the kind of when comic shops really started coming, you know, really growing. Um, this one's dope. I love this Avengers 85. Look at the colors on this. First appearance of Squadron Supreme. I think somebody thought they were going to be in Avengers uh, or Doctor, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So there's a Squadron Supreme, and then there's a, uh, then there's a Squadron Sinister. This is the first appearance of the Squadron Supreme. I think the Squadron Sinister was in a different issue, uh, but it's basically their, their the bad guy version of it. This is Remember I was talking about this pose the other day? Um Oh, yeah, the yeah, vision pose. Yeah. yeah, the vision pose. This is done a lot in comics. This is good old Jim Steranko, and I do believe this is the first appearance of the X-Men logo, and it is, because if you look at oh, the issue before that, and Jim Steranko will love to tell you the story about it. See how he's issue like, 49? I'm going to change it. <laughs> he changed the logo per Marvel's request, and he never got a dime for it. If you ask Jim Steranko <sighs> to this day about it, he will give you a tire... A, he... he I tweeted at him and he came back at me like a, a seven tweet response about Yeah, he was just bitter that he didn't get paid a dime for it. Because this is the quintessential X-Men logo. If you think about, you know, the animated series and everything that goes yeah. along with it. Uh, but yeah. You, you see that logo and you hear the music. Yeah. Ooh. I got one of those for sale. That amazing Spider-Man number four. Very nice. Did that just happen? 354 9.8. The Umberto Ramos one is the one that you want. That's this bad boy. 361 Ooh. for uh, fair market value. But it looks like the the negative variant is sneaking up. But this is the one where you actually see her, you know, kind of on the cover. Um, really, I meant the first appearance of her is in X is Amazing Spider-Man number one. But it's kind of like a retcon. The same spider that bit Peter Parker ends up biting her. Um, uh. You know, we, oh, we, are, we always have to talk about Spawn on this list, it seems like. This is Malibu Sun, the first kind of appearance of him, albeit it's, it's a it's a, it's a preview. preview, yeah, advert. Uh, $300 and a 5.5. Uh, I have the sec, yeah, see, I have this one. This is the Wildcats one. Nice. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I have the one that's the uh, first appearance in the introduction of the uh, Ultraverse. Now, doesn't this also have something on the back cover? So some you got to be careful. You got to. Because you may see Malibu saying, "Oh, this isn't it," but it could be on the back. There's isn't a back there one where the uh, there's like a, some weird printing error where it's like negative yeah. negative coloring. Yeah, that's like crazy stupid money. We're just talking about here. This turtles again. Look at this cover. That's dope. The turtles have awesome coverage in general. Like even like the new like IDW series, they they really break out some great yeah, artists. But look at it. They still have the same uh, red. They still yeah. haven't changed the color yet. So in issue twenty six, they were still all different colors. So uh, there you go. Three hundred dollars for nine. $300 for 9.8. If uh, somebody can uh, tell us what issue uh, it was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you get a Marvel No Prize in the mail. Speaking of Marvel No Prizes, Stan Lee may be showing up again. Uh, if, if you guys haven't read the news, uh, POW Entertainment, along with somebody else who used to be partners with Stan Lee, signed a new deal with Marvel to use his likeness for everything digital and everything else. So we may see digitized versions of himself doing cameos definitely uh i can see uh animated versions of him would probably be a little bit easier right uh, it'll probably be in uh, the big hero six sequel yeah hmm. i love big hero six absolutely I do. Oh, yeah me too <laughs> oh man absolutely love that movie but anyway we gotta uh, take about an hour of your time help captain we appreciate all you guys for hanging out gabe any last words Everybody, thanks for showing up. Uh, thanks for all the great comments. Everybody, uh, hit that thumbs up button, and I'll see you guys next Thursday. JB, any last words? Yeah. Um, thanks for showing up. Absolutely. Please hit the thumbs up. And two more weeks, and I am relocating out of the state of California. So then we'll maybe get some content back on the channel. You can come back. You can come back. All the people that left can come back now. Lords of Brooklyn says again. Archie Comics is when the they started the uh, the changing colors for their uh, to tell them apart. Uh, so it's it the adventures. adventures. Yeah, yeah. So it so, is adventures. Uh, our our live chat is the best, man. You guys are always correcting us for good or bad. So, but keep it up. <laughs> we like those answers. Keep so, us uh, honest. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, boys and girls. Hey, make sure you check out Moonlit Comics video that dropped yesterday. I was on there with some friends talking all things Doctor Strange. It was a great time. If uh, Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys Tuesday for the cover price top 10. Until next time, boys and girls, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace out. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it.
Oh, that the Lord is up there. Um, What's in the box? 